You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Today, we're actually going to wrap up our Spirit-Led series. Remember we did that a little while ago? Well, I hadn't finished it. I had one to go, so I thought, why not save it for New Year's and encourage us in being spirit-led in the new year. Who's enjoyed our series so far? So today, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on how we go about developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And yeah, so how about we just pray and invite God to speak to us through His Word as we devote this time to Him. Let's pray. Loving God, we, we just want to thank you so much for all the ways, all the ways that you are good, all the ways that you are faithful, all the ways that you are true. We thank you for the gift of your word. Your word is life. It's the bread of life that we, that we eat of and sustains us and, and gives us fuel and fire to walk our or to run our race well. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that today as we, as we wrap up this series in being spirit-led, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us forward that you would lead us forward in step with you each step of the way into a new year and it would not be like, as Peter said before, so often New Year's resolutions are, but this would be a life-changing shift for many of us, a continued life-changing shift as we side with you, Holy Spirit, in 2024. So do this work in us in the year ahead, Lord, but do this work in us right now, deep within our hearts, that you would help us to hear what you have to say to each and every one of us, to go forward from today as changed people, as changed people who've had an encounter with the living God. Would you do this work this morning, God? I can't do it. No woman, no man can do it, but you can. So we invite you to do that by your spirit today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bible with you, you can turn with me to Galatians 5. Uh, Otherwise, it's up on the screen. And I'm reading from the ESV translation, starting from verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be what? Come on, that was terrible. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be what? Free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, 
that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This passage in my Bible is titled, Life by the Spirit. And I believe that this is a word for each and every one of us from the Spirit as we look forward to 2024. You know, there are so many things we can resolve to do as we start a new year, aren't there? You know, we can resolve to lose weight, to exercise more, to give up the cancer sticks, to drink less alcohol, to drink more water. That's my resolution. (laughs) I need to drink more water. To put to death things in our life, whether it be like workaholism, working too much and work owning our lives or other even good things, you know, that we need to put to death. But if there's anything, but if there's anything that we should give ourselves wholeheartedly to as we approach this new year, it would be this, keeping in step with Holy Spirit and cultivating his fruit in our lives. That would be the number one thing that we could give ourselves to in 2024. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Galatia, he's urging followers of Jesus to live in the freedom that has been won for them through Christ, to live free to be truly free, to remember that it's not by observing the law that we're justified by, before God, but that it's through faith in Jesus Christ that we're justified. And it's this, it's this thread, it's this theme that sets the scene for this passage that we've just read all about life by the Spirit. Paul's reminding his hearers then, he's reminding all of us today of the wonderful news of the gospel the wonderful news of the gospel, that we're saved by faith in Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit will grow in our lives as we side with Holy Spirit and allow Him to develop His fruit in us. Amen? Sometimes, maybe you've been here before, I know I certainly have, sometimes we think that it's on us to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Has anyone ever thought that before? You know, we might think it or we might hear it repeatedly from our spouse, perhaps, that we're really impatient. Has anyone heard that before? You can admit it, it's okay. That we need to be more patient. So, so what, do we, what do we often do? We, we try hard to be more patient, don't we? We, we um, try not to yell at our kids when they haven't done the thing we asked them to do for the 16th time after asking them. Or... And apologies to any tourists who are here with us. But if you live locally in Hillsville, you try really hard to be patient with the tourists doing 40 k's an hour down Maroondah Highway, which is an 80 zone. Anyone with me? Amen. (laughs) And how does this approach go for us? How does this approach go for you? 
I'm sure you're with me when I say, and I say this from experience, don't worry about that, that this approach just doesn't work, does it? We might, we might be able to conjure up enough self-control to be patient for a moment, perhaps even an hour, maybe even a day, but before we know it, we're back to our old habit, our old way of being impatient and likely feeling down and disappointed because we look at ourselves and we see that we're still not very patient, yeah? Here's the first thought I want to highlight from today's passage. The fruit of the Spirit are of the Spirit and we cannot develop them independently of the Spirit. Let me say that again. The fruit of the Spirit are of the Spirit and we cannot develop them independently of the Spirit. Here's the thing, friends, we'll only ever grow in the likeness of God, in the likeness of Christ. We'll only ever be able to cultivate these beautiful spiritual fruit as we abide in Christ, as we walk by the Spirit. J.D. Greer, he's a pastor and an author from the US. He says this about abiding with Christ. He writes, Some Christians approach spiritual growth like stapling roses to a dead rose bush. If you drive by and look at that kind of rose bush quickly, you might think it's healthy. But stapling roses on there doesn't fix the real problem. In the same way, you won't grow spiritually by trying to add love, joy, peace and anything else to your life. You can only do it by driving your roots deep into Christ. The more you embrace his love and promise in the gospel, the more spiritual fruits will appear naturally in your life. Amen to that. Sinclair Ferguson from um, Ligonier Ministries, he, his thoughts are helpful too. He writes, In a nutshell, abiding in Christ means allowing his word to fill our minds, direct our will, and transform our affections. In other words, our relationship to Christ is intimately connected to what we do with our Bibles. I think that's so true, isn't it? Spiritual fruits develop in our lives as we abide with Holy Spirit and allow God's Word to do the work in transforming our affections, compelling us to live the kind of lives that please God, lives of radical love as we look to and enjoy our loving Saviour. And friends, this is, this is one reason why, as a church community, we're reading through the Bible together. This is one reason why we're doing that Bible project plan called One Story That Leads to Jesus on the Version app. We know God's Word is truth. The Gospel is good news, and we want to be people who are immersed in that. Regularly, daily, people who are immersed in Scripture. We want to abide with Holy Spirit, walk by Holy Spirit, and have our affections transformed by Holy Spirit as God's Word fills our mind with awe and wonder at how good our God is. So I want to encourage you today, just as Laura encouraged us in earlier, if you are a member of our community, or if you're visiting and you want to do the journey with us as well, by all means, sign up today. In fact, get your phone out now if you've got it. Go, go to 
libertyfamilychurch.net.au forward slash Bible. The link's there. You click that link, sign up, and you'll be a part of our reading group. And we'll be able to go on the journey together and comment and encourage one another each and every day. The beauty of a beauty of a plan like this is it's it's not designed so much for intricate study. It's designed for immersion, but reading scripture and allowing scripture to do its work in you as you sit with it each day. And, and it's amazing from experience, you know, it's amazing how if you do plans like this, you'll be thinking or you'll be praying one day and all of a sudden scriptures that you've read days and days ago just suddenly come into your mind and resonate in your heart. I encourage you, join me in this this year. As we drive our roots deeper into the solid foundation of God's word, not only will we be secure in the new year, not only will we be spiritually sustained by living water, but kingdom fruits will naturally come about and develop in our lives as we allow Holy Spirit to have his way in us. Excuse me. Okay, so that was the first. And here's, here's another observation from today's passage. Living life with Holy Spirit helps us to live life well, to live the kind of lives that please and honour God. I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? But sometimes the most obvious things aren't the things we naturally do, are they? Throughout Galatians 5, 13 to 26, we see this repeated call encouragements from the Apostle Paul to walk and live and be led by the Spirit. In verse 16, Paul writes, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Then in verse 18, Paul says, But if you are what by the Spirit? If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then in verse 25, Paul writes, Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. What do we see in this repeated encouragement? It, really, it's a, it's a simple and yet profound spiritual truth. Siding with Holy Spirit is what we're designed to do. And is how, is how we actually safeguard ourselves against temptation, against the desires of the flesh. Paul, um, if you, we read it before, Paul lists some pretty full-on examples of, of the desires of the flesh in verses 19 to 21. Paul says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's a full-on list with a full-on consequence, a drastic consequence. Live like this, Paul's writing, if we give ourselves to selfish, ungodly living in this life, Paul makes it clear we ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes, maybe you're like me, sometimes you read lists like this and read warnings like this and think, oh, I'm off the hook. I don't do that sort of stuff at all. I haven't been getting drunk, hosting orgies on the weekend, playing with Ouija boards, reading tarot cards, doing seances. I'm all good. 
And yet, I think if we do some honest heart evaluation in light of, in light of, the, in light of all of Jesus' teaching through the New Testament, we'll see that actually none of us are off the hook with absolutely everything on that list. Think about it. Have you looked at lust at someone before? Very quiet. Someone was honest. That's good. If you have, which you have, Jesus says that you've actually committed adultery with that person in your heart. Matthew 5, 28. Impurity. Impurity. If you've fallen short in, impure, in adultery, then by definition, we've been impure. Yeah? What about idolatry? We looked at that earlier this year in our Idols of the Heart series. We're, we're all guilty of this one. We're all guilty of turning created things, even the best of things, into ultimate things in our lives, above and before God that we worship ahead of our Creator. We're all guilty of that. Guilty as charged. Envy, hatred, discord, jealousy. could probably put our hands up for that from time to time. Fits of rage. Watching the footy can put a hand up for that. Selfish ambition. Man. If there is ever a trap for people in 2023-24, selfish ambition is one of those traps, isn't it? Our, our world makes it, channels us towards ambition and drive and success at all costs, no matter the people we hurt. It's a real trap. Safe to say the vast majority of these apply just as much today to us as they did to Paul's here as back then. Now, don't miss the good news in verse 16, and this is really important. Paul writes that if we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let me read that again. If we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walking by the Spirit keeps us from gratifying the desires of our flesh. The Greek word for desire in this verse is the word epithumia, which means desire or a longing or a craving. And scholars suggest that this word actually describes a desire that's, that's all-consuming. Is anyone a Lord of the Rings fan? When I think of a desire that's all-consuming, I always think of Gollum and his, his desire for the ring, one ring to rule them all. Like, it's just all-consuming for him. No matter what, as soon as he gets it on his finger, he's had that connection with the ring and then for, from then on, he just has this urge, this uncontrollable, unsatiable desire to possess that thing. That is what... Um, scholars are getting at when they say that, that this is the desire. It's not just like, oh, I think I desire some pizza tonight for dinner. No, it's not like that sort of desire. It's an all-consuming, overwhelming, other things suffer because of our focus on this thing. Yeah? J.D. Greer, he explains it this way. He says, the idea goes all the way back to what happened in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve first sinned, they were stripped of the love and acceptance of God, so their souls felt naked, and naked souls look for clothing. This is a picture of how we go about our lives. We feel vulnerable and spiritually naked. 
And we are looking for something to replace what God used to be to us. Blaise Pascal famously called it the God-shaped vacuum in our heart. We turn first to the flesh to fill the vacuum with money, pleasure, fame and relationships. But the void is too big. The only way to escape these cravings is by being reunited to God and walking in the Spirit. Until we do, our attempts to control the flesh won't work because our desires are too strong. Yeah, this is so, so true. And, and often, and, and I say this in love, absolutely in love, so hear it in love. I think often we fail to change or grow in certain areas or certain behaviours in our lives because deep down we don't actually want to change. I said it. I went there. But I think it's true. We, deep, deep down, we just don't want to change some of those things that we know need to be changed in our lives. Because, as we know, our heart is desperately sick. It's deceitful above all things. We, as, Paul, as Paul, as Peter said... Paul said earlier, you know, I I go on doing the things I don't want to do and the things that I do know that I should do, I don't do. Like, that's, that's the human condition. That's the challenge of living in this fallen world. Deep, deep down in our hearts, we actually enjoy gratifying the desires of our flesh. And from time to time, we refuse to walk with Holy Spirit. Now, you might be thinking, well... What does it mean to walk with Holy Spirit? What does that look like? What does that look like practically? Well, my, my ESV study Bible puts it this way. It says, the only way to conquer the flesh is to yield to the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit implies both direction and empowerment. That is, making decisions and choices according to the Holy Spirit's guidance and acting with the spiritual power that the Spirit supplies. To walk in Scripture regularly represents the pattern of conduct of all of one's life. Walking with or by Holy Spirit means to actively choose to bring our choices, our actions, our desires in line with His. To walk in obedience to all the things that Holy Spirit urges us, beckons us to come with him and do. But, and I think this is the key thing in all of this, we're to give ourselves wholeheartedly to this with the spiritual power that Holy Spirit supplies. Can anyone remember back to the boat illustration I used early on in our Spirit-led series? Yeah, got that. Mighty fine looking boat there, the powerful speed boat. The, the problem is, too often, we go through our lives neglecting the very power of God, Holy Spirit, who is there to help and empower us. What, what's the Spirit called? He's called the helper, the advocate, the helper. And it's his power that God has divinely passed on to us to take hold of and use to walk this life well. So often we we jump in this boat, so to speak, but too often we then go for the oars. 
We think it's on us and we, we grab the oars and then we start rowing and, and we find ourselves not making much progress, not going far at all. Friends, can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today? Holy Spirit wants to help you to walk in power with him in 2024. That's his heart for you. He doesn't want to see you grabbing the oars. I mean, don't get me wrong, we play a part in sanctification, but primarily it's the Spirit's work that transforms us, renews us, makes us more like Jesus Christ. We've got to do our bit, but our bit is actually aligning ourselves with Holy Spirit and saying, I'm willing, Holy Spirit. I want you to move in power through my life. I, I want to relinquish control to you. I want you to do what only you can do. God wants to set you free for 2024, to see you enjoy and lead a rich, fulfilling life as his precious child, to enjoy life in relationship with him as you are led and empowered by Holy Spirit. And what what each and every one of us need to resolve to do is actually to choose to walk by him, to choose to live by him, to choose to be led by him in the year ahead. Whether we're, we're here or online and we're currently following Jesus or we're here and online and we're not yet following Jesus. Maybe you're seeking spiritual truth. Maybe you're looking to Christianity. Is this the answer to these unmet longings, these desires? Maybe there's truth to this. Let me tell you, there is truth to this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in the Father is eternal life and joy and peace forevermore. So I encourage you, if you are seeking today, turn to God. Make today the day where you place your trust in Jesus Christ. And from this moment forward, I'm not going to guarantee that life will necessarily be easier. Sometimes it's harder when you come to Jesus. But life will be richer, life will be fuller, and life in eternity will be yours, guaranteed. There's no better resolution that you could make, that any of us could make as we approach the new year. So the question is, will you? Will you? Will you invite Holy Spirit to lead you, to teach you and guide you day by day in what it means, what it looks like to walk with him? Will you allow him to empower you to live a full, rich, godly life where you love and serve God and love and serve others? The Apostle Paul couldn't make it any clear for us. If we choose the path of keeping in step, walking with Holy Spirit, we'll walk into and through 2024 really well. We'll live and flourish from a place of intimacy with God. We won't, I'm not saying we won't ever gratify the desires of the flesh, but we will safeguard ourselves. We'll put in place barriers from us going down towards that satisfaction that isn't actually satisfaction. We'll naturally cultivate the beautiful fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And here's the thing, friends. Our life and faith experience will be richer and full as we honour God and accurately reflect his good character to the world around us through all that we do. And that can only be a good thing. Amen?
Amen. What we're going to do now is we're actually going to set aside a little bit of time for some prayer ministry. I want to pray over some people as we look forward to 2024, as we've shared on all these things of the Spirit. I'm just going to pray that the Spirit, God, through His Spirit, would set apart people for His work and His plans and His best for you in 2024. So maybe, I don't know, can we have the music team come back, perhaps? That would be great. And we're going to just ask Holy Spirit to set us apart, to be Spirit-led in all that we do, to be fueled and empowered by God's own divine Spirit. How about we just pray and wait on Him together for a moment, and then I'll invite... Anyone who'd like to come forward for some prayer to receive prayer.